welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Now, here's your host, Jenny Earhart. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. I tell you, I look forward to the show all week. Not just because I get to hang out with my adorable producer, Nick Bean. Oh, thank you. Producer extraordinaire. Right? You're just trying to butter me up. Everything sounds better when you put like extraordinaire That's on the tr- end of it. <laughs> it was nachos extraordinaire. They're just better than the regular nachos, Very right? True. Very That's true. why you're better than an ordinary producer, oh, Nick. Thank you. You are. We are so happy to be here with you guys. We love that you tune in every week and listen to us and think with us. And we just love to celebrate everything there is to know about life in the South, you know, from a Southern point of view, of course. Mm-hmm. Life, food, wine, culture. Events, entertaining, yes, right? The Southern life is rich and full. It Wouldn't very much is. And of course, as always, it's centered around food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That probably has mm-hmm. to do with why I like it so much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, when I was growing up, my, I have some Swedish relatives, and they used to come uh, into town at Christmas time, and they would want my mother to make them something called um, lutefish, I believe it is. What? It's basically some sort of fish that they cook in lye. Oh, I know. Doesn't sound. Sounds like it could be poisonous, right? Right. Apparently, it's not. I don't know that anybody's (laughs) ever died from eating it, but it smells horrible. But this was part of my Swedish background, my family that were, you know, was from Sweden. And I'm thinking to myself, what would I do if I lived in Sweden and had to eat that kind of stuff all the time? I mean, I'd much rather talk about fried green tomatoes. Yes. All day, every day, please. Right? I mean, because we just do food so much better here in the South. Yes, we do. You know, I was meant to be here. I was absolutely (laughs) meant to be here. Well, we are just enjoying our new Southern Sisters studio at the Battery at SunTrust Park right here. Right? This is where the Atlanta Braves play. Right across, but not even across, barely across the street. It is. And they'll be here soon. They will be here. Spring training has started. No. For those of you listeners that have not yet been to SunTrust Park, I strongly recommend you pay a visit. You don't even have to wait for a game. The battery, which surrounds the park, is full of restaurants, shopping. You know, there's a Wahlburgers down down the street. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get out there and get you some Wahlburgers. Um, the, the restaurants are amazing. All sorts of little, little shops and things to do here. They have a beautiful sort of common area with a green lawn, and they do concerts back at Christmas time. They had an ice rink out there. Yes, they did. You know? So I have to say, for those of you that loved Turner Field, the, the few of you out there that, that loved Turner I, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I said that out loud. But no, but it's true. There really wasn't a lot around Turner Field to do in between the games. Right. But here at SunTrust Park and at the battery surrounding it, you could come here 365 days a year and have a good time. You really can. You know? They've it's got amazing. it going on. amazing. I just love it here. Well, we have got so much to talk about in the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about those food holidays. You know those things they're always saying, you know, today's National Margarita Day, which was, by the way, that was this week. Oh, really? Yes. I I, missed it? I know how to celebrate that holiday. I can just celebrate it late. That's okay, right? We can do that. Every day is Margarita Day as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Ten Commandments of Southern Hospitality or Southern Entertaining. Yes, indeedy. Some of these are inspired by Southern Living Magazine, you know, the Bible. So, <laughs> And then we're going to kind of roll on in and we're going to do some self-examination about Southern entertaining because that's kind of the theme of today's show. What kind of a host are you? Host or hostess? You know, I used to always say hostess, but now these days, you know, 
actresses just refer to themselves as actors. This is, this is very true. They're very all true. very sort of gender neutral now, right? <laughs> so I can say host, and I'm referring to men and women. What kind of a Southern host are you? There's about five different kinds. Uh-oh. Yeah. And are they all... Some of them ain't so good. (laughs) So we're going to find out which one you are, and we are going to wrap it up with, yes, I like to call it Jenny's world-famous buttermilk pie. (gasps) Oh, my word, is this a good pie. Yeah, we're going to do that. So you guys just hang in there for a moment. We're going to come back with my take on the Southern food holidays, and we'll be right back. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato plato. Here's cacciatore dory. Taste the bologna tony. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We're putting the food segment right up front now, Nick. We usually make you guys wait a little while for it. Let's talk about it just because I got a very serious issue to talk about. Oh. Well, you know, we we talk about the food holidays. We've covered those here on the Southern Sisters show many times. You know, you find out that, you know, it's National Hot Dog Day. We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. it on the show. Yeah, because that's important. And a chocolate cake day was not too long ago, yeah. I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was we chocolate cake day. Mm. We did that one. We've mm. done quite a few over, <laughs> over the over the two years that we have been on the air. Yes. Um, but I've been doing a little research into these um, national holidays, national food holidays. And you might be asking yourself, who comes up with these? I, I know I was asking myself this like question. A, like a panel of people? Oh, or what yeah. is that? It's I know a it's question. One, it's one of those things where you read about it and you just assume that it's very official and the people that are deciding it must know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> Something tells me that's not quite the I, case. I got a little beef. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> With the national food holidays, I think they're out of control. They have gotten a little bit ridiculous that's Some, for sure that's something's for sure. going on nick something's going on with the national food holidays let's just put it this way somebody's being paid off i'm convinced somebody's oh. being paid off oh, that's a really good yeah so i'm about to put an end to all this Uh-oh. i'm starting a movement putting your foot down i'm putting my southern heel down is what i'm doing <laughs> i'm putting my southern stilettos down at this moment yeah well i don't really wear those but <laughs> like to think I'm still young enough to you, which I'm not. Put your southern boots down. Put southern you boots down, right? These boots were made for walking, right? Okay, so here's my here's my problem with the food holidays. I was taking a look. I always like to take a look. That's one of those weird things that we do here on the Southern Sisters show is we check out the food holidays. And I've been looking at them. I've been noticing a very disturbing trend. Um, rather than just doing daily food days, now we've got food months. So one day is not enough for a particular type of food. It has to have the entire month. And I was particularly alarmed with this month's food holidays. Okay, so these are the official from Foodimentary, which is this website where they kind of like the clearinghouse for all of this. Um, And the national food holidays for February uh, by month. Now, I want you to listen to these and you tell me if you think these are exciting and appetizing. Did you know that February, according to them, is National Canned Food Month? Okay, what comes in a can? Uh, maybe tuna. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I think okay. Maybe some veggies. Maybe some veggies. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you can technically put anything in a can. It doesn't need, mean it needs to be celebrated. Right. The whole month. It's really a, not a very exciting no. food. Now, I, I agree with number two. It is also National Chocolate Lovers Month. And we covered that on the show for Valentine's yes. last week, yes. remember? Or two weeks ago, right? It's National Grapefruit Month. Okay, that's not so bad. Okay, yeah. We can handle that one. I can live with that one. It's National Snack Food Month. Everything 
can be a snack. I know, right? <laughs> Especially those flaming Hot Cheetos. Have you ever had those? Oh. They turn your tongue and your lips just bright red. I have to say, though, I'm weak. I usually God, can't do a lot more than just a couple of they'll, they'll burn your tongue. I yeah. know. <laughs> you, you, you and your delicate disposition, Nick. <laughs> well, I know. No, I, I do. I, I know you don't like spicy food. It's National Potato Lovers Month. All right. Okay. It's not National Potato Month. National Potato Lovers. So we're celebrating the people who celebrate potatoes. I told you it's out of control. <laughs> it makes no sense. Okay, no, this, here is where, I was reading the list, this is where it started to spiral down into just oblivion. It is National Return Shopping Carts to the Supermarket Month. What? Does that make any sense to you? That's considered a food holiday. But- Return shopping carts to the supermarket month. Obviously, these people aren't shopping at Aldi because they've got your quarter. Right. You, you better bring it back. You got to bring it back. You don't get your quarter back. <laughs> okay, what does that... Somebody's paying somebody off. Who would put that on there? Yeah, no, that sounds like the the what the, the, the Kroger in the Publix yeah. lobby got together and pushed for that one. Somebody wanted... Somebody is tired of, somebody is tired of hauling those carts out of the parking lot. That's what it was. It was all the baggers they send out. The baggers were like, we're fed up. They started a social media yeah. movement or something. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Okay, not that you shouldn't return your car, but we don't. We don't need to celebrate it all month long. Um, it's National Hot Breakfast Month. Okay. Right. How excited can you get about oatmeal or cream of wheat? It's that's not terrible. Really, that's, but that's also really, really broad. Yeah. Isn't it? Right. Like oatmeal, but hot breakfast is also like you know scrambled eggs and sausage. That's a that's hot true. breakfast. Oh, that's true. I was. I'm thinking of hot cereal, but you're right. right. Hot breakfast. That's a really broad. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so now we're talking waffles and and good things. Yeah. Very true. Biscuits and gravy. Right. All right. I changed my mind. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now listen to what else they're doing now. The entire first week of February is African Heritage and Health Week. Now... I, I, no, I get this. I do, because I think it's Black History Month, right? It this is, month, yes. right? So I guess they're maybe dovetailing it with that. That makes sense. But nothing in there to me sounds like it has to do with food appreciation. It's no. it's heritage and health. Well, that, you know. No, that doesn't I, sound... I just don't think it's appropriate for if this. It was, if it was like African Food Week, I'm down. Different. Authentic African foods. Yes. We can, we can get behind that. Right? But, yeah, it doesn't sound uh, foody. Right. Okay, now, I like this one. The third weekend of February is National Margarita Weekend. Is that... Is that this weekend? It was last weekend. Oh, okay, so when I missed it again. No, when I was reading it this week, I had to go to my calendar and count one, two, three, so I could find the right week. You know, and now it was last weekend. Oh, it's okay. We'll I, celebrate I, later. I, I unintentionally celebrated it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I do. This girl doesn't like herself a margarita every <laughs> now wrong, and then. Nothing wrong with that. And did you know that Super Bowl Sunday uh, was actually considered National Pork Rind Day? It's also known as National Pork Rind Appreciation Day. Hmm. It's not really something I think about at no. a Super Bowl party. Okay, have I made enough of a case here for yeah. why it's just a little bit out of control? Outrageous. It's just not fun. Now, I, even more disturbing is I took a glance at next month's national days, national, you know, what oh, March, no. March is. Listen, I'm just going to go through them quickly. Just hold on to your seatbelt here. Um, national Fresh Celery Month. National Noodle Month. Now, who calls it noodles? Yeah, but isn't that like... Every kind of pasta yeah, thing it should is be. a noodle. Yeah. Once again, too broad. Too, too broad. broad. Okay, National Flower Month. No, not flower as in the kind you smell. F-L-O-U-R. National That's Flower Month? T- too okay. broad. No, it's no, in no, everything. No. Come on. It's National Nutrition Month. Okay. I get your cause there. I get it. You know, we should all eat healthy, but this is not a National Food Day. Or you know what I'm saying? Um, okay, National Peanut Month. I do like that one. Right. 
because it's a thing. It's a one single thing. Yes. And you know, <laughs> thank you. See, see, somebody is breaking the rules. I feel like I have set rules for Nash, and, and mm-hmm. they're all breaking them. Yes. They need badly. to talk to me about these things. Um, so National Peanut Day, I do like. Okay, this is a weird one. National, um, one day in March is going to be National Hot Cross Bun Day. What? When was the last time you ate a hot cross bun? See, every time, I, I, I have, I've never had one. I the only like thing I think it, is, you know, da, na, na. You can sing it. <laughs> hot cross buns, hot cross them. buns, one a penny, two a penny. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking maybe this is more of a northern thing. I guess. I, I don't mean to show my ignorance here. And I, quite frankly, I realize that I'm coming across sounding extremely whiny today. <laughs> and I apologize to my listeners, but this is bothering me. It's also National Sauce Month next month. What does that mean? Sauce. What do you mean sauce? Okay. I, I, I can think of about a hundred. Just any what? sauce? Is ketchup a sauce? What about mustard? Ew. No, not really. Oh. They're condiments, but they're wet. But it, it's all very oh, confusing to it's me. too now. broad. No, <laughs> we need okay. specifics. And the last and final one for next month, which is just wrong in every sense of the word, for a food appreciation month, but it's National Caffeine Awareness Month. I'm aware that I have not had enough caffeine today. (laughs) Right? I know. I don't know what to say. Well, I can tell you that when I see caffeine awareness, you know, it's like I think of it as being your negative against caffeine. Right. Like it's drunk driving awareness. Like we don't, it's negative. So when you say caffeine awareness, I'm like, don't even tell me anything I don't want to (laughs) hear. Do not. Tell me I can't have my yeah, caffeine. That just, that just makes me think of, I haven't had enough coffee today. Mm. I'm aware that I am lacking caffeine. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a weird thing. Guess what I'm going to do? Mm. I'm taking hold of National Food Appreciation Month. Good. I'm taking a hold of the calendar. And I have come up with a list of Southern-inspired food appreciation days. <gasps> oh, yes. And who's to tell me we can't do this? Nobody. Who sets the rules? You're the boss. That's right. As are my listeners, you Southern sisters and the men who adore them. When we come back in just a minute, we are going to talk about National Food Appreciation Dinners, or Days, I should say, Um, Southern sister style. Yeah, we made them up. So there. (laughs) We'll be right back. Have an derby, herby. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. We got some Harry Connick Jr. going on. In case you didn't know, that song is Stompin' at the Savoy. It's a good little tune. I, oh, I keep coming back to that song. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Just something about it. It's got a good you little know? riff. It's got a mm-hmm. good beat. We do our, our, our next go like jelly when we're listening to it. <laughs> we're just dancing in so the studio. So you know it's a good one. When right? you're just getting at it and you don't care who's mm-hmm. looking at you. No. <laughs> you know, the older I get, the less I care. <laughs> I do, that's, especially that's in the car. I'll be jamming oh, yeah. in the car and oh, someone yeah. will pull up next to you. And Anyway, <laughs> you know one thing we do well in the South? Well, we do lots of things well. Yes, um, we is entertaining. Mm. We do it with a, as I have said before, a particular style and grace. Mm-hmm. We know how to entertain. Yes, we do. I mean, whether it just be nachos and beer at a football game, you know, for having friends over or something a little more formal, yes. you know? It's, it's just we do it well. <laughs> we do. But, you know, there are some rules that most Southerners tend to abide by. Right. 
some unspoken ones. Some unspoken ones. And these I think these tend to be more towards the more formal entertaining right. events, right? right? When you're having folks into your, you know, the ones where you're setting the table. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not eating off paper plates and solo cups. <laughs> these are the ones where you're, <laughs> and my mother uh, and grandmother both had kind of a little list of uh, sort of etiquette rules they had for oh. Southern entertaining. Southern Living Magazine did one as well, and I find it very helpful okay. and very true. And it may ring true for a lot of you as well, because you know, Southerners love to visit with one another. And I'm going to give you a little list of everything you need to know to be ready for expected or unexpected. Company. Oh, that's the hard one, the unexpected company. <laughs> right? No, I know, it's just not. But it, this would be a good idea to kind of just listen to these commandments and keep them in mind, because then you will be ready if someone pops in. Number one, all right, number one commandment of Southern Entertaining, thou shall always be ready to feed a small flotilla of drop-in <laughs> visitors. Oh, yeah. You can never have enough crackers, pimento cheese, cream cheese, and pepper jelly. I mean, that's just, you know, Perfect. at least a block of cream cheese and a jar yes. of pepper jelly in the, you know, you know, and if you don't have crackers, you can use Nick's, uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos to dip into Ooh, it. Mm-mm. No? <laughs> Never mind. We can make it work, though. <laughs> and listen, you get extra points if you actually have some of those little frozen appetizers in your freezer that you can oh, pop into the oven. Yes. Those are good. Mm-hmm. You can buy them or you can make them ahead of time and freeze them. I've done that before. Good point. It's yeah. great. Number two, ten, uh, commandment. Thou shall be ready for both on and off the wagon visitors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, I don't know what you're thinking. It could be like children and adults. Oh, okay. I what thought were you, you thinking? Meant, I thought you meant some of those those crazier folk yeah. that may come and be very eccentric and have some very picky tendencies. Like off me? the wagon. Are you, are you talking about me? <laughs> no one in particular. No one in particular. Just someone I got in the you. room. <laughs> so There's what you want to do? You want to you? <laughs> I know what you're. I know what you mean by that. You want to keep waters, iced tea, and lemonade on hand, maybe along with some alcoholic beverages. I keep some of those fun. Um, you know, the the craft beers. Yes. You know, I yes. usually keep some of those and I can I can ice them pretty quickly if I need to, if mm-hmm. I have, have someone come over unexpectedly. It's always nice if someone pops in to say, oh, you know, would you like a, you know, whatever, yes. Shinerbach or it's very you want to, yeah. And they're like, oh, they're not expecting that. Right. Right. Anyway, it's impressive. What you can do is you can also buy your wine by the case at Costco. That's not a bad idea. And I'm telling you, I watched an entire documentary about the wine buyer for Costco. Costco. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Impressive, really? yes, what they get there. As good as anything you get in some of the finest wine stores. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes with the same label on it. And sometimes it's just a different label, but it comes from the same winery. Wow. Learn something About new. that. And a little more reasonably priced. Right. And right? now you have no excuse not to have some wine on hand, no, folks. No, that's right. Wine is like, especially if I'm coming to the house, you need two <laughs> bottles. Number three, thou shalt welcome everyone graciously, no matter if they were actually invited. <laughs> so here's what you need to learn to say. Repeat after me. The more, the merrier. Ah, uh, yes. The more, the merrier. Just keep it on autopilot. Yep. Right? And you will be a perfect hostess. <laughs> Very true. Now, number four, thou shalt be a good conversationalist and always inquire with genu- genuine interest about important people and events in your guests' lives. Oh. That basically means don't just yammer on about yourself. Right. You know, ask. Nobody so how's it going, that. Nick? You know, what's what's going on? I heard you've been, you know, I knew you put in a new hot tub in the back. How's that going? Yeah. You know, something that's going on in Nick's life. Mm-hmm. Right? Did you put in a hot tub? No. no. Okay. I wish. Maybe nice. we can speak it into existence. Uh, I've done things like that before. (laughs) Thou shalt put the comforts of my guests above all else and give them a seat. Ask if they're hot or cold and keep their cup runneth over with refreshment. Yes. Just be attentive. Number six, thou house will smell as fresh as a garden with either a flower arrangement or a great smelling candle. Mm. Now, 
if this is the last minute and the guests are unexpected, you probably aren't going to have fresh flowers. Right. right? Okay. But I, you know, those Yankee candles, I love those. Perfect. Yeah. They'll make, they'll cover up for a multitude of smelly things. Yes, they will. Mm-hmm. Number seven, thou shalt not talk about how much work went into getting this gathering together. Right. Your company won't really enjoy themselves <laughs> if you make them feel guilty. Don't do it. Right. Yeah, I know. Nobody likes that. No. And thou shalt keep an orderly house. Now, this is sometimes hard. (laughs) So I'm going to give you a caveat. At least have a plan to pull it together quickly. Right. You know, if it means throwing things in the bathtub or like I did once, throwing the Tupperware that was in the sink into the oven just to hide it. (laughs) And then I forgot... It was in there. Oh, no. And preheated the oven a few oh, days later. no. Did you know that Tupperware can liquefy? <laughs> we did, know now. Did you know oh, it? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, no. It drips. It oh, liquefies. Oh, no. Number nine, thou shalt prep the powder room. Okay? Mm. Now, Southern Living originally said with monogrammed towels. I'm sorry. Southern that. Living, get over it. Right? <laughs> now, I just say have an adequate supply of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Nobody likes to have to crack oh, the door open. No. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you, can you toss me a roll? <laughs> Don't do that to your guests. And number 10, thou shalt see company out properly. You don't just wave goodbye to them from inside the house. Right. You stand up and escort them to the door. Yes, you it's do. Just a, it's just a proper and civilized thing and to you, do. you wave them out of the driveway. Right, right. Yes, and if do. then they leave your house, if they're not quite walking straight because they've had a little too much to drink, uh-huh. call an Uber. Yes. That makes you a very good Southern host. The best. All right. What do you best. think of that? Those are perfect. They're Ten not hard. of the best rules to follow. Easy to do, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you may be asking yourself, what kind of host am I? <laughs> We're going to identify you when we come back. towns forever back roads empty for miles well you can't have a dream and cut it to fit but when I saw you I knew we'd go together like a wink and a smile and welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program honestly I could just sit back and listen to that <laughs> I kind of want a margarita and a piece of buttermilk pie. Ooh. I don't think they go together, but when I listen to the song, it just kind of makes me... <laughs> a little sugar and alcohol, there you know? There you go. There you go. In other words, part of my four food groups. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm in rare form today, you guys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, but I am so happy to be here, and I am just so grateful for my listeners, our listeners, yes, Nick. Yes, we love you guys. That listen to our show every week. And just, um, I'm so grateful for you guys. We love coming in here and just chatting with you all about life in the South. Mm-hmm. And there's just no better place to live. No, there's And uh, I'm just grateful for everything we get to do and all the stories we get to share <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> you know, we were talking about uh, the Ten Commandments <clears throat> of Southern Entertaining earlier. Right. And we were having some fun with that for sure. <laughs> you know, but I, I tell you, um, entertaining in general puts a lot of pressure on people. It does. I had a girlfriend once say that she likes to, enter- she doesn't really like to entertain, but she does it because it forces her to clean her house. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you need an excuse, not a reason, and that's okay. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's true. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Unless you're like me and shove stuff in the, the shower and the <laughs> oven. Then it's not really 
not really cleaning up, is it? Right. We should feel better for a minute, right? <laughs> a little while, yeah. <laughs> it's all an illusion. Right. <laughs> I say that about people's houses anyway. Yeah. You know, there's always that closet you know oh, you don't really uh-huh. want to, can't open up. But, you know, I, can, I have basically grouped Southern hostesses into about four or five different categories. Hmm. And you may find yourself in one of these categories. I, at times, have been these different types of hostesses. Oh. But in the end... It's best to fall into one category, and I'm going to share that with you at the end. Okay. But we're going to talk a little bit about some of these crazy hostesses and um, what their flaws are, what they're doing wrong, how they can do things better, okay? Yes. And we're just going to talk, the number one type of hostess that I'd like to talk about today is the overachieving hostess. Okay. The overachieving hostess. So you say that like it's a bad thing. It is a bad thing. Oh. Well, let me be let me be clear about this. It may not be a bad thing. I actually had to look up the definition. I know the definition of most of these words, but I I have a dictionary at home that I love to use. I used it a lot with my children when we were homeschooling years ago. It's Daniel Webster's 1828 dictionary. Wow. It's massive. It's big. Mm-hmm. And um, and it has the original definitions of these words from 1828. And just let me say, life was very different back then. (laughs) Life, the perspective on life was very different back then. Um, The the definitions are beautiful. They are so eloquently written. Hmm. And you can see Daniel Webster's sort of his his morality and his faith sort of woven into it, where it's not overtly necessarily that he's talking about his his faith in there, but you can just tell by the way things are worded. Mm It's almost like poetry, reading some wow. of it. Yeah. Very different than today's modern sort of generic, politically correct dictionary. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I looked up the word achievement. So when we're talking about the overachieving hostess, what did Daniel Webster say about the word achievement in 1828? He described it as a great or heroic deed. That's achievement, mm. right? Something accomplished by valor, boldness, or exertion. Okay, so that's achievement. Now, so is overachieving a good or a bad thing? Well, overachievement is not in the 1828 dictionary. Why? Because it was not considered a thing back then, right? Certainly not a negative thing, right? right? It tends to have that negative connotation now. We think, oh, she's an overachiever. But stop for a second. Dissect that word down a little bit. What What are you saying? She's got an overabundance of greatness or she's got an overabundance of accomplishing things through valor and boldness. How, right. how is that a bad thing? True. So in the modern dictionary, the word overachievement is there. And it's described as to perform better or achieve more success than accepted. I'm sorry, expected. Oh. Expected. Pardon me. Now, this sounds good. Right? Yes, that's not negative. So, yeah, so I started thinking to myself, I don't think it's overachieving that's the problem at all. You do sometimes hear people say, oh, she's such an overachiever, mm-hmm. right? It's, I don't think it's bad at all. I think we might be confusing it with another word, and the word is overdoing. Oh, yeah. You see Very what I'm saying? Much. Okay, so there's overachieving and there's overdoing. Now, overdoing is in the 1828 dictionary. Oh. Yeah, this is what Daniel Webster said about it. He said it means to fatigue. To oppress by too much action or labor, to perform too much. Uh, Got it? Now we're talking, right? We may have an epidemic in this country of overdoing. That's what I think. Now, you may be asking yourself, what does that have to do with hostessing, right? Or hosting, if we're going to be, you know, gender neutral. (laughs) 
which we're not on the Southern Sisters nope. Radio Show. I can tell you that right now. But what are the signs and the symptoms of an overdoing hostess? So listen to these folks. Tell me if you recognize yourself in any of these symptoms. Um, a hostess who refuses all offers of help and assistance. Oh, oh no, no, don't bring anything. I can do it all myself. I will say, I think for most of us Southerners who go to parties in the South, yeah. we want to help. Right? We know how it is. We get it. And plus, we want to bring some of our hospitality to the party. Yes. Let, so me, let me wash don't one turn dish. It down. I agree. Come on. Let right. Pick up the cups. It's not a big deal. Let him do it. <laughs> don't be an overdoer, right? Another sign and symptom, so in other words, you might be an overdoing hostess. <laughs> if any, if you're pursuing like any activity or endeavor that consumes so much of your time and effort that inhibits your ability to really be hospitable to your guests. Mm. It's kind of like in the Bible, that whole Martha Mary syndrome. So, right? So Mary was willing to sit at Jesus' feet and just talk and just enjoy her company. Whereas Martha was running around, running the vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, no, no, (laughs) but she was running around just messing with the house, trying to make everything perfect. She wasn't enjoying her company. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So that you might be an over overachiever or an overdoer, we should say, if you're just focusing too much on everything else other than enjoying your guests. You may be an overdoer if you become so exhausted and emotionally spent after entertaining that you swear you will never host another gathering in your house. <laughs> yeah, then, then what's the point of doing it? If you don't enjoy it, I know, right? then why have a party? I think that our society paces, places this sort of compulsion on people. I think so. Especially on Southern women. Yes. They have to be willing to throw a good party. Mm-hmm. Even if it just, you know, deteriorates their emotional health. <sighs> Not right? good. Not good. How about this? If you, try, if you try too hard to encompass too many elements into your event, I say less is more. You oh, don't, yeah. You don't need three desserts. One will do. Right. You know, we <laughs> tend to, I think a lot of Southern women tend to overdo things. So do you see yourself in that? Are you an overdoing hostess? You notice I corrected that from overachieving hostess. Right. All right, because an over an overachiever might be able to be an achieve things without overdoing it. Right, absolutely. makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. So there you go. Are you an overachieving hostess? I don't know. You tell me. How about an irritable hostess? Oh, Ooh, bless her heart. <laughs> we all know her. Yes, we do. And if you think you don't know someone who's an irritable hostess, it might be you. <laughs> It's probably you. It's probably you. What did Daniel Webster say in 1828 about being irritable? He said it was very susceptible to anger and passion, easily inflamed or exasperated. All right? Mm-hmm. So so this may be, irritability may be the most common reaction to stress. You know yes, how that, absolutely. Right? In, in anything. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what does an irritable hostess look like? Okay. I've been her. Okay. <laughs> so I can tell you this is all true. She has laser beam focus. Right? She is focused on what she's doing. Yes. A bomb could go off in the backyard and not derail her from sprinkling the perfect amount of paprika on top of her deviled eggs. <laughs> right? She also may have selective hearing loss. Uh, yes. My kids will tell you I've done this in the past. <laughs> They'll ask me something three times and I'll turn to them and say, what? <laughs> Were you talking? I'm sorry. She has no sense of humor. Also true with me yeah, at times. Happened, yeah. <laughs> you know, the things that would normally make you crack up and laugh, you're just too stressed and irritable about what mm-hmm. you're doing. You're entertaining and you don't you don't have a good sense of humor anymore. You may have that crazed, sort of crazed eye look. <laughs> now, and if that doesn't, <laughs> if you don't control that, it could turn into fire shooting out of your mouth syndrome. Right. That's not good either. <laughs> That's it. And then in the end, if it's, there's nothing you can do about it. You may end up with what I call the frozen fake smile. Oh. You just you're paralyzed. You're just so 
angry and you're just so stressed that you just you've got this fake smile on your mm-hmm. face. Nothing's genuine about it. Those are the symptoms oh, of an no. irritable hostess, Ouch. right? I have a friend whose husband swears that she is the worst irritable hostess anywhere. So this is what he says to her about three hours before a party. Mm-hmm. He says, I am going to leave the house soon. So anything you need me to do, you tell me now. I will take care of it for you, and then I am leaving. I will be back when the party starts. <laughs> he just exits the house. Sometimes you have to do that. Right? A little bit. I have said to my family, I apologize for anything I may say or do over the next three hours. <laughs> Okay, so that is the irritable hostess. Is that you? I don't know. Maybe. I've been a little of both of those two. I think we've probably all been there at least once before. Right? Yeah, we've all been there. Then there's the distracted hostess. Oh. Okay? All right. Now, your guests may observe her as being sort of the deer caught in headlights expression on her face. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You may have, if if you're a, a distracted hostess, you may be a hostess who cooked the Thanksgiving turkey with the bag of giblets and neck still in the... Oh, no. Yeah, she's distracted. It can happen. You may be a distracted hostess if your Aunt Edna asks if she can help by setting the table and you say, yes, thank you. Please set it to 400 degrees and call me when it beeps. (laughs) It could happen. You may be a distracted hostess if the week after a barbecue cookout at your home, you run into a friend who tells you what an awesome time she had and will you please give her that terrific herbed potato salad recipe because it was so delicious. And as you say goodbye and walk away, you realize you have no memory whatsoever of speaking to that friend at your house. Oh. I've done that. Ouch. Well, not really sort of like, I remember like, that's common at like weddings. Right. Because you're so distracted and you Mm -hmm. won't really remember who you talked to when you were there. Right. Oh, no. So there you go. All right. So that is the, um, that is the distracted hostess. Right. I know a few people like that. It's interesting. We've hit a couple extremes here. We have hit a couple different extremes up to Mm -hmm. this point. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone has at least once in our life been. Yeah. One of these. Been one of these. Or a little bit of all of them. It may depend on your stage in life. How about the reluctant hostess? All right. Now, Daniel Webster in 1828 said that reluctant means much opposed in heart, proceeding from an unwilling mind. Okay. All right. Basically, a reluctant hostess just lacks confidence. That's really all it is. You just confidence. You're nervous, okay? You need confidence. Daniel Webster says that confidence is having a full belief, being fully assured, fully positive. I can throw this dinner party. Oh, yes, I can. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Yes, you can. It's a lot of positive Mm self-talk is what you need. Now, you might be a reluctant hostess if you avoid eye contact, right? When volunteers are requested for the annual Christmas progressive dinner. You do, the, you know, you do the look it away. You're staring out the window. <clears throat> you may be a reluctant hostess if you have a perpetual home improvement project going on. Friends start to think it's odd that you've had no running water in your kitchen for the last five years. <laughs> Are you guys done remodeling that mm-hmm. bathroom yet? <laughs> <laughs> They're just not going to believe you anymore. Nope. Right? You may be a reluctant hostess if the extent of your hospitality was offering the Sears delivery man a glass of water after he installed your new refrigerator. <laughs> Okay, it's a nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. But it doesn't count. No, it doesn't. Not really. (laughs) Now, I'll tell you, I'm not really a reluctant hostess. I I like to host, but I had a friend who was a reluctant hostess, and I just had to play tough love with her. Sometimes you do. I did. I really actually told her one time, I think it was the the Oscars. We were going to watch, we were talking about getting together for the Oscars, Mm -hmm. and I said, you know what? 
I'm coming over Sunday evening to watch the Oscars at your house. Be ready. I'm bringing the hummus. Just do it. There you go. I just forced you. Know, just forced her into it. Right. Okay. You know, guys, the truth probably lies somewhere in between all of these types of hostesses. Yes, very true. You know what I am, honestly, and I think a lot of people are and can strive to be, mm. is what I refer to as the graciously imperfect hostess. Graciously imperfect. Graciously imperfect. This like is that. the real hostess. This is honestly the essence of a true Southern hostess. No Southern hostess is perfect. No. Ever, ever. And if someone tells you they are, they're lying to you. It's <laughs> not true. They've just got stuff they're hiding. Yes. Right? They're hiding. Right? So Daniel Webster referred to gracious. He defined it as expressing kindness and favor, disposed to forgiveness imparting unmerited blessings. I love that. Because the concept is that you're just being gracious and hospitable. They didn't do anything. Your guests didn't really do anything to deserve it. But you are just pouring into them. (laughs) All right? So unmerited blessings. Now, Daniel Webster also said that imperfect was defective, not finished, not complete. Who among us is complete? Very true. Who among among us is perfect, right? Definitely. I'm well, you know, Nick, I always say he's practically, practically perfect. All right. But let me tell you, what are the signs of a um, graciously imperfect hostess yes. or host, right? Okay. She may be all of those other types of hostesses. A graciously imperfect hostess may be reluctant. She may be irritable. She may sometimes be distracted. She may or may not tend to sometimes perhaps overdo things a little. A little bit. A little bit like me, maybe sometimes, right? <laughs> she is most certainly unfinished and not perfect, right. right? But she expresses kindness and favor to her guests. So it doesn't matter that you're not perfect. It doesn't. What matters is that your heart is genuine. You open up your home. You know, nobody's home is perfect. People always assume that based on a lot of the photography in my books that my mm. house must look like that all the time. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, I melted Tupperware in my oven. <laughs> Yes, I love to cook, but I assure you, we do occasionally have Hot Pockets night. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, I think I think the, the one biggest thing, though, with all of these different types of hostesses yeah. is that regardless of what you do or what goes wrong, mm-hmm. so long as your number one goal is to make sure people have a good time, yep. you're doing a pretty decent you're job. You're doing a very good job. It's the most important part. And and you know what? When you come to the end of your life, I guarantee you people aren't going to be sitting around saying, gee, did you notice she had spots on her forks? Right. You know, but (laughs) but they're going to remember that you took the time to sit down with them. Yeah. That you opened your home. Mm -hmm. You served whatever, you know, and you... You invested your time in your in your friends yes. and your family, yes. right? That's what they remember. The most important thing. I love that. Anyway, so I have to tell you, I am most of the time fairly gracious, and I am most assuredly imperfect. <laughs> I don't know about you, but aren't we all? Yeah, yes, we, we, we all are. are. None of us are. None of us are perfect. Well, folks, we are going to be back in just a moment. We're going to be doing our uh, Jenny's buttermilk pie recipe. Yes, right? wonderful. We talked about that earlier, uh, and so I'm going to give you some. Uh, I don't know. A good recipe. Hang on. We'll be right back.
and welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. You know what? We were talking earlier about, you know, these crazy food months and food crazy things. You know, I was talking to you earlier about my buttermilk pie. And I've been saying I've had several requests to share this recipe on the air. It's not like it's hard. It's not like it's hard. Really? No, it's pure, simple, creamy, southern goodness in a pie shell. Mm -mm. That's what it is. You want to know how to make it? Yeah. Folks, it'll be on my website and a beautiful picture of it. I serve it with fresh berries. Ooh. Yeah, it's good. It'll be on my website. All you have to do is go to southernsistershome.com, click on the blog, and there it shall be. There you go. All right? You want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees, and in a medium mixing bowl, you're going to beat three eggs. You're going to add a half a cup of softened butter, one and a half cups of sugar, and three tablespoons of flour, and just beat that until it's smooth. Then in goes the buttermilk, okay? It's a good southern recipe. (laughs) One cup you need of buttermilk, one and a half teaspoons of vanilla, right, and two tablespoons of lemon juice. Mix it well. Pour the mixture into your prepared pie crust. Bake it for about 45 to 50 minutes until it's golden brown and the center is firm. You want to cool it on a wire rack. Voila. It is just... That's it? it, I serve it with like fresh blackberries and raspberries and, Mm. you know, strawberries. Just so yummy. I promised I'd share it and there it is. Yummy. Now, you know when we were talking earlier about the the food days, right? Yes, we were. The crazy... Nonsensical I'm sorry, ones. what is up with National Caffeine Awareness Day and Hot Cross Bun? I've decided to commandeer the national holidays, and I've come oh, up with some. All right. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to, I'd love to hear what you guys think. If you have other ideas, we need to come up with our own Southern version of National Food Days. Yes. I suggest National Mac and Cheese Day. Uh, Yeah, please. I'm going to run through them. You ready? <laughs> national Chicken and Waffles Day. National Biscuits and Honey Day. National Peach Cobbler Day. How about buttermilk pie day? Okay. Yep, yep, right? You yep. got that recipe now. And now, now we can all participate. We can all be a part of it. How about National Fried Green Tomato Day? Of course. Oh, you want to get a little, little more complicated? This has got two ingredients. National Tomato Sandwich with Duke's Mayo Day. Oh. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I like these. National Pork Barbecue Day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. National Char-Grilled Hamburger with a scoop of pimento cheese on top day. Wow. See, oh, this is what I'm talking about. Right? The specific stuff. Yes. Um, what is this National Celery Month? Give me a break. What is wrong with these people? How about <laughs> National Chicken and Dumplings Day? Ooh. National Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough Day. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right? Because they're way better before you cook it. Yeah. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Forget the raw eggs. Don't, don't worry about it. How about National Funnel Cake Day? Yes. Right? You know? Oh, wow. And you know what? Not everybody likes them, but I love collard greens. National Collard Green Day. I'm down. That's a classic Southern, mm-hmm. right? What do you think? I, I think could, we should do it. I could participate in all of these. I think we should get some suggestions, too. We're doing our own. I'm not following that list anymore. <laughs> Foodimentary, take that, right? Southern Sisters is coming up with our own national holidays. You can participate or not. I have a feeling most of our listeners will. Oh, yeah. Let us know. <laughs> we are so thrilled and overjoyed that you joined us for the Southern Sisters radio show today. You know you can find the recipes on the um, on the website. Yes, Go to yes. southernsistershome.com. Click on uh, the blog. Mm-hmm. You can also email us, my, how we love. Mm-hmm. I like it when I start a sentence with my my how we love it when our listeners email us tell me what you think of the show tell me what you like tell me what you don't well no don't tell me what you don't like i tend to be a little sensitive no i'm teasing tell me what you don't like tell me what you'd like to see on the show in the future yeah. right tell me how wonderful my nick my producer nick bean is oh thank you he's fabulous so yeah we'll be back here this time next week you know that you can listen to us every saturday on the air noon on saturdays is when we're here again on sundays at two o'clock you guys have a great week 